You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about the only ones, the only ones, self-titled. This is episode 400. Yeah. 40% there, boys. <laughs> On the line, I have Rob. Dim the lights and chill the ham, please. Uh, ben. You think we'll get to that one, Rob? <laughs> John. <laughs> if I fake it, it doesn't mean that I don't care. And Kyle. Hi there. The Only Ones is a debut studio album by the English power pop band The Only Ones, released in 1978 on Columbia Records. Producer was The Only Ones uh, and Robert Ash, and the genre is power pop, new wave, and punk rock. I'm going to read from the book James Jam. The London punk explosion of the 1970s provided the impetus for street urchin poet Peter Parrott to take his dysfunctional pop songs out of the pub rock ghetto and realign them with the burgeoning new movement. The Sex Pistols, The Clash, and in particular The Buzzcocks were an inspiration, but while their peers tore strips from the rock establishment, the only ones recklessly clawed clumps from their heart. Parrot's flair for trembled lyrical gush bolted onto his band's polished punk finesse distinguished them in an era when most of their peers were scratching their heads over the whereabouts of the fourth chord. Preferring flawed romanticism to fiery nihilism, Parrots peppered this 1978 debut with offerings of paranoia and beauty. Breaking down is dank yet delicately pretty, while the choppy language problem owns much the literary sneering of the kinks Ray Davies. The album peaks with the preposterously brilliant flourish of broken-hearted pop, Another Girl, Another Planet, a lovelorn classic to rank with Pete Shelley's best. It is saddening that the only ones failed to quell the inner band tensions that resulted in just three albums to their name and a messy breakup in 1981. Almost two decades of heroin addiction, uh, uh, anonymity followed the parrot. Uh, their legacy, however, remains strong. R.E.M. are among those to cover Another Girl, Another Planet, while parrots resurface. Uh, in, in 2004 to perform the hit with the only ones indebted libertines. All right. What do we think of the only ones self-titled? Uh, this is fucking phenomenal. I love it. Yeah. This album's amazing. I'd only heard one song off it before another girl, another planet. And I, I am, I'm remiss that that was the case because these are all great songs. Yeah. It's a really, really good album. <laughs> I had also only heard the one song, John. 
This is like the Dusty Ben like classic that we're looking for in this book. If anything, this book like it needs to de- deliver these from time to time, and it totally did with this one. This is awesome. Uh, this scratches every power pop itch that could possibly need a a good good itch. And man, like, oh my my goodness! Like, I I hear so many things that I love and bands that I didn't even know like would have shared a uh, like a common thread with this band. It's it's absolutely incredible. Um, or I, I had heard another girl, another planet, but the whole dang record is just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Starts off real strong. Never lets up in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it just starts off great. And then by the time you get to another girl, another planet, I mean, it's you're there. The And those, those uh, like the first songs more of like a, like a mid tempo. It's, it's a, it's a, a slower, smoother song. And, and this album's got a few of those. And I like those just as much as the rockers. It's, it's good soup. I had never heard uh, Another Girl, Another Planet, which uh, All Music Guide called the greatest rock single ever recorded. It's, Dude, the art, that's debatable. Yeah. Uh, it's maybe. I'd this sounds great. On that horse. I had never heard. I'd never heard of this band. Yeah, I loved it. it the, the content of this album and this band, it for me, it falls some of the spectrum of my personal taste for for music to land like there there's parts of this album that are more kind of like jazzy and angular like television and then there's just like snot nose pop like like power pop like like buzzcocks and it just there's chocolate and the peanut butter and it is all so good and there's a, a pinch of psychedelia too like that kind of mm-hmm. yeah i didn't really think about that until you said it, but there is a bit of that psychedelic flair from from other bands. Yeah, what what uh what what bands can you hear in this? Uh, uh so we already we've said Buzzcocks for sure. Violent um, I would say Violent Violent Femmes, Absolution, uh, absolutely. Replacements, uh, the Boys, one hundred percent replacements. Sure. Uh, and I think Lee. replacements even cover uh, Another Girl, Another Planet, do. don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. As well as, as well as like more modern bands like the Libertines, I, I do enjoy and Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is, there is there's a Blink One Eighty Two cover of Another Girl Another Planet. Oh God damn it! Of course there is. <laughs> oh no! Because I saw on YouTube, I saw a group of uh, three young punk rock looking chaps doing an acoustic cover of their favorite Blink One Eighty Two song, Another Girl Another Planet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an apropos song for a band led by a, a UFO truthist who seems to be right. So why not? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna throw you guys to curve since he left those naysayers. <laughs> Gonna throw you a, a, a kind of a curveball here. The uh, I, I would say the rentals. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. The the background singing, like uh, girls singing, like dudes singing, the uh, chorus stuff is absolutely uh, like. I mean, just because those two things are happening, it, and it happens to be pop music, is the how I'm equating it. But I I can't un I can't unhear it. Um, and speaking of, did you guys uh, read anything about uh, the backup singer here? Oh yes, Dude, I, did. I just clicked on that hyperlink <laughs> just now, Rob. I'm, I'm oh, looking yeah. at it right now. <laughs> Kula Kalori, I believe, uh, was, uh, was her name. Kula Kakuli or Kakuli? Or Kakuli? Yeah, it's Greek. Yeah, she was a dominatrix and bodybuilder, and eventually a bodybuilder. Like came in third place. Like 
like later in life, she was in her fifties when she was in the bodybuilding. The year she passed, she um, she got but, a, a third in one of the higher bodybuilding categories. Um, died back in 2018, but yeah, like her. I, I don't think this uh, album would have been nearly as impactful had her vocals not been on. Basically, honestly, like, the story of that family and the inclusion and what it does for this band is crazy. Because so you've got uh, Kula, the sister, who is doing the backup vocals, which are are beautiful. They're great, and they really do add a nice tone to a lot of the songs. But the other sister is Zena, and Zena is married to the lead singer. And they got married at 16 and they are still married. Wow. Wow. And so she was also the manager of the band. Zena the sister? was. And is. Uh, yeah. Okay. Not, not, uh, not the singer Kula, but Zena, the, the sister who is married to the lead singer of uh, The Only Ones. Yeah. Which is surprising because he had, I mean, he's had, you know, over probably 30 years at this, this time being largely consumed by addiction to heroin and even crack for a short period of time. Uh, he, he said, you know, it, it was, it was a bad, he, he's done bad things. He had, he had a bad addiction. Um, I did find it interesting too. He had, uh, one of his sons was in the baby shambles, which is also a link to the libertines. Um, hmm. and, the. You know, he said junkies, quote, junkies nowadays are really disgusting. In my day, a drug dealer was a respectable fucking profession. Nowadays, it's something <laughs> you feel really ashamed to be associated with the way most <laughs> junkies <laughs> behave. <laughs> so it's not the drug dealing that's that's disgusting. It's the way that the junkies behave. Yeah, that's disgusting. I guess junkies back then used to be OK to be associated with. Yeah. <laughs> used to be a respectful hobby. <laughs> well, it's interesting because, I mean, I think that you can't listen to this album and not sort of feel a bit of his addiction playing into lyricism and, and some of the things like allusions. Uh, I mean, on The Beast, I mean, the I beast. feel like he's just yeah. straight up laying out that, you know, the pusher is a vampire, you know, trying to to take your life, you know, but you're you're going to be involved with that <laughs> in a in a sort of... Like, you know, like like a, you're involved with the vampires, kind of a love-hate relationship. Yeah, they claim <laughs> that uh, radio stations refuse to play uh, Another Girl, Another Planet because they they blame that it would reference drugs and, it, you know, loosely reference the sort of drug addiction. I mean, I get you under my skin, I don't mind, uh, I think is one of the space lines. travels. Space travels in, in my, my blood. There's yeah. nothing I can do about it. Yeah, it, it definitely very ambiguous lyrics, and that's it works for the song. It can be you can interpret it as a love song. You can interpret it as a, an addiction song, and I think that's one of one of the reasons that it works so well. You know. Run from the beast. There's danger in his eyes. He's been looking for So it, 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 this is pure power pop for the most part, but 
lyric it's like uh, allusions to to drug use on the beast but at the same time like it's the first you've heard like spooky like goth kid pop yeah just like lyrically it's like taking like oh like i guess not since uh 13th floor elevators really um that we've had well and reddish norvigicus wasn't pop like this is pop yeah uh and they like the uh track uh track one side two i think is my favorite uh, on the record honestly uh but yeah they they knock it out of the park with creature of doom creature of doom yeah yeah my it is. Yeah, man. yeah the guitar and the drums and the synth just blast out on that one it's thoughts oh, so yeah. yeah yeah i mean I, I like it's almost like a yeah. psych go-go style song like i don't know all the different styles on here are awesome and they're all really they're all really fun i guess that's like the essence of power pop right like if the if the songs are compelling and and energetic and also really like pleasing to the ear, right? Like, how do you how do you define power pop? What is it, fantasy, John? <laughs> <laughs> it, this these guys were like kind of older than their peers, um, so I think that's why maybe there's a little bit more of a '60s throwback. I just think uh, a lot of this is is more '60s uh, influence than a lot of the stuff that you know other artists in '78 were putting out. And I'm just going to add on, it seems like there was a decent percentage of this first wave of British punk that, or not just British punk, uh, first wave of punk that were older. Like uh, the Stranglers were older. Suicide was old. Sure. Yeah. A, uh, Ian Dury, I think, yeah. was older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Old Patty, guys still got it. Patty Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Patty Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, it, I think a lot of that, what we're saying is older. I mean, it's not. It's not a lot older, maybe in some cases, but relative. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what that is showing us in this time period is that they were more mature to create maybe better albums off the off the bat. Like this is the first incarnation of this this album. But he had been writing songs for a long time, whereas some of those other younger bands, maybe they didn't start off uh, too great. Uh, when, when they first, you know, started making music. And we'll get to those bands eventually um, once they sort of get better at playing, get have better songs. But this is sort of the, you're right, it's, it's lumped in with the sort of punk uh, power pop movement um, that's sort of happening. But at the same time, you know, it, it was always there. They were always there. It's just that they've been brought more to the front forefront. Although I can say I've, no one's ever, you know, recommended. I've never heard this. Uh, maybe I've heard another girl, another planet, maybe on a comp mm-hmm. or something, but uh, not this album. No one's pushing this album. And these these songs would be so good to be as uh, whatever you call them, like mechanicals or additions to like uh, soundtracks on TV shows and things. Like the Beast is a is a great song to play in a, a you know dusk to dawn style TV show or movie. Like. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of uh, feel behind each song. Like it, it would, it would lend itself well to things that would be more popular. We just never heard it. Man, one thing so I, I love this only one, only one's record, and it it, uh, it it reminds me of a lot of stuff. It reminds me of television. It reminds me of Violent Femmes. Uh, part of that is I don't know what you would call that vocal affectation that. Tom Verlaine and Peter Parrott and Gordon Gano of the Violent Femmes all do. And they all have that, that kind of same like heroin chic style of of singing, you know? Which I thought of I, Lou Reed. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I hear that too. Mm. 
But there's another element that uh, the only ones bring to table to the table that uh, that it, uh, is another parallel with television. So they're a power pop slash punk band, but they've got this guitar gun in their pocket. Like television had Richard Lloyd who trained under Jimi Hendrix and only ones have, have John Perry who might not be like as virtuosic as Richard Lloyd, but there are awesome guitar lines and guitar solos all over this record. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's just like a perfect, like frosting on the cake of an already good pop song. Like I, I got the same feelings like, uh, like when, like in the late nineties, when I was first listening to that blue Weezer album, you know, like you've got this candy pop song and then just got a shredding guitar solo in the middle of it. And, and I, I, I like when punk bands like nix the solo altogether, Ramon style, but I also really love like these power pop bands that, that aren't afraid to, to show their guns, you know? Yeah. It shows some, some dexterity, some muscle. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. I did want to comment on a lot of people comment, uh, talk about his, the way his guitar tone is. And some people think that it's because he decided to hollow out the instrument to smuggle drugs through customs while on tour. Really? Is why they <laughs> yeah, think I got his, that too. his uh his guitar tone has that sort of hollow reverberation within it. No, so it's way. a hollowed out electric, yeah, like, hollowed out solid body. Yep. Why not just get a hollow body guitar? Well, it probably <laughs> it probably is was probably a semi uh, semi hollow, and then he decided to make some alterations yeah. to to fit some things yeah. in there. Uh, also, well, sounds during, great. <laughs> yeah, during their tour, uh, they said stupid things happen, including parrot contracting, uh, contracting hepatitis, getting caught up in a drive-by shooting, and deliberately running over a car park attendant, and fleeing the country shortly before a warrant was issued for his arrest on charges of attempted murder and assault with a deadly weapon. Oh my Man, god! <laughs> Moon style antics. Yeah, it, it didn't wow. seem to uh, go so well on their first uh, U.S. tour. So, hey, it happens. Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, so they flamed out in like '82. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, they got back together in 2007 for a couple years. Yep. Man, I would have gone to see that. Like hit. I, I, I don't know what, what I don't know how the song came back. I don't know what movie it was. Uh, I don't know what movie was being used for like for another girl, another planet, like charted. Mm. Um, and then they got back together. Yeah. Do, do you know what, what it charted with? Like why it came back? Uh, so it's been used in the uh, six films and their soundtracks that summer from 1979, different for girls, 1996, me without you, 2001, D-E-B-S or Debs 2004, Paul 2011, and Her Smell 2018. I haven't seen that, any of those so movies. That's a very diverse... Debs is what got him. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's a crazy diverse uh, collection of where that song has been placed. <laughs> Debs, yeah. Well, and Paul, that's the one about the alien... <laughs> With like oh, Simon yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with us, Simon Tag, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, I get another girl, another planet. It makes a sense. Vodafone ad. That was that's the 2007. Is there was a big Vodafone ad that had it uh, as, uh, as a backer. Oh, oh, dude, you you know gotcha. what else it might be? 
So it was 2005 that Blink-182 recorded their cover for the soundtrack of Meet the Barkers. Uh, <laughs> Tra- Travis Barker's reality show. <laughs> Woofa Woofa's Forever. I've, I've seen oh, the show. No. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Speaking of famous friends, uh, do you know who's playing sax on this album? No. Who's playing sax on this album? Raphael Ravenscroft. Do you know who Raphael Ravenscroft is? No. He is Was the he saxophone the behind Baker Street. Do you know what Baker Street is? Yeah. I know oh, Baker Street. Rafferty. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Rafferty's. <laughs> yeah, man. How'd they get Baker Street sax? Was Baker Street they got not him a before he was Baker Street, man? Man, you got to get in Baker Street early. That's right. <laughs> they they knew the sound and they knew how to get it. That's the secret. I was I was, it I thought it was notable just to hear a jazz saxophone solo on the opening track of this punk record, power pop, whatever you want to call it. You know. Yeah, starting off this power pop album with kind of like a yeah sax ballad. <laughs> Right, like uh, that has vague references to Crowley and Thelemaia, like right, the whole of the law. I love No Peace for the Wicked. Yeah. It's so it's good. It's got maracas. They, yeah. uh, language problem is a rocker. Yeah. Yeah, that one I wrote down, uh, it really was reminding me very much of Buzzcocks, that one in particular. Yeah. You know who else uh, came up in my in my mind as I was listening is um, Modern Lovers. I mean, it has, okay, a, yeah. it has yeah. a bit more polish, I would say, than that sort of Modern Lovers, but it has a bit of that 60s throwback attitude. Um, that I think the modern lovers were were uh, connecting to, and maybe yeah. his, maybe a singing uh, a little bit, sort of languid singing. Yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth. I also have start as like a very sixties uh, with the group vocals uh, and very melancholy. It's a very melancholy record. Mm-hmm. Did you play it in your class? Did you guys get that sense too? Kyle, did your class hear this album? Yes. Yeah, yeah do they like it? They heard everything several times except the para ubu. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I hear some Johnny Marr too from the Smiths having that uh almost like a twelve string style. His uh his uh guitar work. I remember when Ben, I think when you first got into it and you're like, I can't stop listening to the first two songs, I was like, I can see why. Like I started playing those over and over too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Start, I never heard the that, record, uh, and I get to track two, and I just need to hear the songs again. Like uh, yeah. the, the rest of the record will still be there. I just need to keep on hearing these two songs. The rest of the yeah, album is really, definitely. really good too. Like I've got stars next to the ones that were like I don't know. I guess the gothiest, uh, like Breaking Down and Creature of Doom. Like those were probably mm-hmm. some of my favorites. It's so good. I've got stars next to not only all ten songs in this album, but also <laughs> the uh, the three that kept on playing when I wasn't paying attention and just listening to the uh, the reissue on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs>
like uh, lovers of today, uh, Peter and the pets. And as my wife says, those bonus tracks, uh, they're, 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 they're great. <laughs> <You know? laughs> three more great songs. On the, on the actual record, the immortal story uh, goes out on a great psychedelic freak out. Like just mm-hmm. closes the mm-hmm. record perfectly. Uh, I say it's the psychedelic freak outs that don't bother me. But, but I guess that's, the um the injection of faster paced uh the more or less the injection of punk rock into psychedelia uh makes this way cooler than the bullshit that we were dealing with back in like 67 psychedelic in the context of a power pop song it's much more interesting and palatable Man, are we going to get to any Buzzcocks? Like, yeah. We're listening to Language Problem right now, and I'm just yeah, hearing Buzzcocks in my ears. Fuck yeah, we are. Yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. We're getting it. I think we're getting it in the next few weeks. Yep. Yeah. I th- everybody on the positive? 100%. Oh, so man. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd get this album in a heartbeat. Th- this is. Yeah. And it's easier to recommend than like Parubu, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is. <laughs> yeah. I would say this is one of those albums that if you want to be. If you want to be slick, if you want to, you know, if you're into music or, you know, friends who are into music, just ask, you know, have you heard this album? Because it's a it's a unknown gem, I think, in my opinion, you know, my opinion is, is I play this for my dad. Yeah, it just it, it, it's not well known, at least over here uh, in the States. I had never heard it. I looked it up and there's not a lot of copies that are reissues or anything. So. Man, yeah. this this one, okay. We got record store day in about ten months. Let's get a reissue of only one self titled album. Seriously, whoever is pulling those strings. Seriously, I dropped twenty five bucks to own this and the Robin Hood soundtrack from the D- Disney animated. Prince of Thieves, dude. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, why doesn't that exist? Not I have bought. Him. I have bought oh. like in the last ten years two or three different records that I thought were that Robin Hood soundtrack. They've got a picture of uh, of uh, Alan Dale on the cover and everything. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. Roger Miller being a, a rooster, and you put it on. It's just, it's like kids. It's like the Mickey Mouse Club singing those songs. <laughs> I don't, I don't want that. I want Roger Miller singing. That. How is that not available to listen to? <laughs> that that soundtrack has been affecting people like 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 people's childhoods for what 50 years and those songs don't exist outside of that VHS tape. <laughs> when you first said you were fooled by the cover, I kept thinking you kept saying like a cover with a cartoon fox and the who's <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh we didn't talk about some of the album covers recently, but uh I thought the Pierre Ubu dub housing was really cool. Uh, very, really stark. Cool. Very, mm-hmm. very stark and this one is is pretty uh with the double exposure i thought it was very it's it's very on brand it's it it represents the album very well it's casual if you're looking at the cover of the only ones record uh the uh the uh accountant looking guitar player is is third from the left that's that's it go listen to this album please go Sweet. go listen yeah, to this record it. it's we'll on it. spotify right, stop what you're right doing now. right now quit your job just listen to the only ones yeah uh, next time we'll be talking about Elvis Costello, this year's model. Why do I go through these deep emotional traumas? Why can't I be like I always wanted to be carefree? Why can't I be happy like everybody else?
is not peaceful wicked, they say not peaceful wicked.